it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, hey, it's Garner Ann Thompson, and you're listening to To Be The Man with the nature boy, Ric Flair. Rick, how are you, man? Good morning, man. I'm great. How are you? Man, better than I deserve. Excited to be talking to you today because we get to talk about our favorite topic, football. I know. I'm a little yeah. sad. I'm sad, actually. Tom, I get it. He throws for 351 yards, two TDs, one interception, but he needs to retire. Okay, I don't get it. Well, listen, how about, there's how, about the, how about the rest of the team catch the ball? Yeah. Swagoo. Oh my God, he's burying him today. Swagoo. Two hundred and fifty-six tackles, and how many seasons? And I think twelve sacks. <laughs> but he's an authority. Well. <laughs> Tom Brady, of course, is uh, the talk of the NFL and has been for a long time. And now everybody wants to know what's next. I've seen some speculation that, hey, maybe he'll go to Tennessee. Hey, maybe he'll go to the 49ers. Hey, maybe he'll go back to New England or maybe he'll go to Las Vegas. And I have to think if you were a uh, multimillionaire, well-known celebrity, recently divorced, with no state income tax, a place like Las Vegas might appeal to one Tom Brady. What do you expect Tom to do? I expect him to go to the team that has the best offensive line. There you go. And two skilled receivers. And I, um, if the 49ers don't win out and that pretty, am I pronouncing it correctly? Pretty. Yeah. yeah. Is playing fantastic, but they, their defense is second to none. Uh, he naturally went to school where he was raised out there. I, I, I see him going to California. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, I, I think, uh, everybody remembers that Brady went to uh, Michigan for college, but growing up a huge 49er fan grew up in that yep. area yep. and Brock Purdy is playing out of his mind right now. But if you have a chance to get Tom Brady, you probably have to look at it pretty hard. Well, I, I don't, I mean, the 49ers could go all the way, the way Purdy's playing. So. 
I, I say the options are his. He'll get whatever he wants to do. I just don't see him throwing the ball as well as he does. The, the, the throw to Julio Jones yesterday was, how many guys make that throw, right? I mean, yeah. And on him, he and Evans, I don't know who were, whether Evans is running the wrong route or, I mean, they just went from being great one week to having a tough day yesterday. But when those guys say he threw a couple in the ground, okay, God, he threw a couple in the ground. He still passed for 351 yards and yeah. two TDs and had no help. And this season, by the way, as people are saying, he's too old or this or that. Most attempts, most completions in NFL history. So yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, I, he can do what he wants to do. I just don't see him as, as actively as he's still throwing that ball. I don't see him retiring. And and Swagoo says he doesn't want to get hit. Well, nobody wants to get hit. <laughs> but it's. The reality of the game, I don't hear him complaining out there while he's getting hit. So, and my, uh, you know who played a home game last, yesterday? Is that Micah Parsons, man? Oh, yeah, he did. He, he is one of the reasons that I think that they, they literally did not win the game. What, did he block three passes? Yeah, it was crazy. He was yeah, all, it, out of his mind. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, that means the clock is ticking, Rick. I think a lot of... Uh, Michigan... Uh, Jim, by the way, is staying at Michigan. Thank God. Glad to hear that. Yep. We, uh, Alabama, the number one recruiting class again, or number two. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> did, you, did you see the, uh, the Alabama basketball player get in trouble for a shooting? Mm-hmm. And, a, and a, uh, a young man from the University of Georgia got killed in a car accident. Man, that's just, uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of bad news to start the year off, but. Maybe no worse news than the clock is ticking for you to hang out with Tampa Tom. If he's fixing to jump ship, man, and head somewhere else, you better get your action in now. I know, man. I, I got to get a hold of him. <laughs> we got to send the bat signal out. Send the yeah. name signal up. I, hey, I saw you throwing the signal up. <laughs> and I think you were at an autograph signing and ran into some pretty big names. Did I see you? <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, man. My new, my new hero. Got <laughs> What a good guy he is, man. Wow. Imagine this as a photo op from left to right. Ric Flair, Charlie Sheen, Mike and Tyson, and, yeah. and hip-hop legend Bun B. My goodness. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was an event, uh, a private party that uh, a guy in Houston threw for us. It was great, but I'd never met Charlie Sheen, but I've been, you know, long before... Um, um, the um, two and a half men. Oh yeah, he, he was doing that wild thing that that Major League doesn't name of the movie. Yeah. Fantastic! I, I, I loved him in that. I mean, he's a hell of an actor. No, no, very, very skilled guy, and a really good guy. Pete Rose was there. Spent time with Carl Malone, the mailman. Um, oh God, it was a who's Eric Dickerson was there. I saw Emmett. I mean, it was really a cool signing. Fitterman does it does it right. It was big time. Yes, everything Fitterman does is a home run. Yeah. Uh, speaking of home runs, it looks like there's going to be uh, a few folks trying to bat some home runs at the Royal Rumble. As we're talking last night during the NFL playoff game between the the Bucks and the Cowboys, they played a video on Raw showing that Cody Rhodes is back 
and he's declaring himself for the Royal rumble. I think a lot of folks probably thought that was going to be a surprise return, but now it's out in the open. Cody's back and in the rumble. They're using the uh, hashtag roads to rumble. On yeah. Twitter. What do you expect, man? Do you think, uh, Cody's going to draw an early number? Is he going to come in late? Is he going to try to be the iron man? Like back in the day? Um, I don't know. I just wish him the best of luck and hope that he's, um, in the best health he possibly can be. Those damn peck tears are, are very sensitive, but I think he's had long enough to heal. How long has it been? It's been a while. I think he tore it back in June. So, yeah. He said he probably had time, but, um, yeah, I'm excited for, it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to the event. I am the grand marshal for the Gasparilla parade. Oh, there you go. In Tampa. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, before we get to the Royal rumble, we've got a big Monday night raw less than a week from now will be raw is 30. And, uh, I know you'll be there and it's also been announced that the undertaker, Kurt angle, the Bella twins, road dog, X-Pac, Sean Michaels, Teddy long, Ron Simmons, Jerry Lawler. It's a who's who, uh, are, are there any other surprises you expect to see there? Uh, not that I know of, um, I talked to Taker. I, I know Steve can't come. Uh, Alkamania is coming. He confirmed to me last night he's coming. That's awesome. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's always fun seeing the guys. I love Ron Simmons, Road Dog. Um, who, only, who have the most you, you, you put that graphic back up, there's only about two or three of them that drink. <laughs> you know, yeah, Jerry, well, you know, Jerry doesn't, you know, Kurt doesn't. Nope. Uh, okay. You know, Road Dog doesn't, you know, Ron doesn't. Sean, I won't be able to find Sean. It looks like it's you and the Undertaker and maybe the Bellas. Not me, the Bellas. I know Nikki and Brie can ring. Well, there you go. <laughs> if, they, if, they're, if they're allowed to come out. <laughs> Philadelphia, look out. Some hotel bar is going to be on fire this Sunday night. Oh, I can tell you where, but God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that show is going to be a loaded show. Not only all the Hall of Famers coming back, but Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley are going to be hooking it up for the U.S. title. The Usos will be taking on um, Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. And then the ladies are going to be in a cage match, man. It's Becky versus Bailey. Uh, we don't see a lot of ladies cage matches, but that's a big one. W what do you expect? Um, I, I don't know what to think. They're, well, they're both. Um, uh, I, I, they've been pushing Becky as hard as they. I, I, am, I really am followed that much i know i've seen bailey a lot more than i have becky so i don't know who they're pushing harder right now but i'm yeah. sure i'm sure it'll be good i'm sure it'll be good too two big stars obviously in a cage match and women's wrestling and violence in women's wrestling has been a topic over the last week this past weekend AEW put forth their rampage show on friday and it featured a very bloody ladies match ruby soho was bleeding a gusher and that really brought about a debate or at least a discussion online about whether or not this sort of thing should exist in ladies wrestling. And there's a lot of old school folks who say, absolutely not, but there are more progressively minded folks who say, Hey, what the guys can do, the ladies should be able to do. And listen, some folks might not like it, but I kind of tend to agree. You see a shot there, Rick, of a very bloody Ruby Soho. Is this a controversial issue to you? Blood and wrestling or blood and women's wrestling in 2023? I don't like it. 
I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, everybody's got their own opinion, but I certainly want, wouldn't want to see Charlotte bleeding. Right. Um, I, mean, I don't know how they're doing it. Um, <clears throat> I, geez, I don't like that very old school to think, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see the queen bleeding ever. Right. I mean, it, we all get hit the hard way and sometimes, you know, it's going to draw blood, but I just couldn't imagine, uh, Charlotte cutting herself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to see that. I would not like to see that. Do you think rest, uh, wrestling as a whole should have more or less blood than it does in 2023? Cause I think we would agree. There's way less than there wasn't say the seventies or eighties, but I think there should, I think there should be more okay. with the guys. Right. I mean, I just, no matter how you look at it, how do you put two people in a cage match? 10 years ago, every time you hit the cage, you were bleeding. Now nothing happens. That's one thing I don't like. I don't like the girls in a cage match for sure. Because I think it li limits their, their, their athleticism, their ability to do, um, athletic things, you know, like off the top rope and that. But I, I forgot the, the, the cages of WWE are, are like a foot, foot and a half off the apron, right? Or are they, or is the cage, are the, are the, these aren't the cages that are against the ring apron. These are the cages you can go out on the floor and all that, right? So usually, yes. I, I think, yeah, right. oh, yeah, I, 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 that kind of cage match, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. But what, what were there the ones that are, were there pinned to the apron where they have nowhere to move? Yeah. Except, except maybe, you know, just the length of the apron to the cage. I think those are difficult for women. Hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's ask, you know, as we're talking about the, the ladies wrestling, we know that we've got a cage match coming up between the two ladies on this coming Monday night raw, given the fact that we've just seen a very bloody match with the ladies on AEW, do you think there's going to be any blood in the cage match Monday? Or do you think WWE has just moved on from that practice? Um, I would, I'd be very confident in saying they've moved on from that. Yeah. Well, while we're on the topic, did, uh, did, did, did Rampage get a rating with that? I don't, I don't believe so. No. So I don't know. What do you, what do you accomplish? Hey guys, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Need to call a timeout real quick here. I wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my world listeners for a while now. It's about all the incredible things happening over on adfreeshows.com. We're joined by Wrestling Royalty as David Crockett takes us month by month through Jim Crockett Promotions booking logs. David and Conrad dive into the towns, matches, and money of JCP in January 1985 on The Book. Uh, Charlotte is really the home of Jim Crockett Promotions, is it not? It is. Yes. It's the home. The thing is, the Greensboro was always the home of Starcade, any yes. you know that the the bigger matches we would take to Greensboro. Main reason is over the whole area we had more population and road systems going to Greensboro than we did Charlotte. We look back on the Turner years with the men who lived them. For the first time ever, Jr. Eric and Tony sit down with a couple of drinks and share stories like you've never heard before on the Ad Free Show's exclusive after hours. Well, in 1905, I had a regular size growing up refrigerator. 
I was a grown up man. Okay. Uh, okay. And I had a washer and dryer. Shazam! <laughs> and they were, they were moved from, by Turner from uh, Texas to Atlanta. They told me we're going to put them in storage while you stay at such and such hotel downtown. Chat one-on-one -on -one with the Podfather, an extension of the popular Ask Conrad Mailbag series. Conrad talks live with ad-free shows members, answering their questions about wrestling, mortgages, and everything in between. I appreciate you saying that. I feel the same way. You know, I've I've met a lot of great people through here, and um, you know, we all have something in common, and, and that's our love of wrestling and our inability to just. Um, let it go you know we, we all have this insatiable thirst and quest for more and we want to learn sure. more and be more involved and i think it's cool that we all really for lack of a better word share a passion like that and as a result man we can have a lot of fun together hey that's just a small taste of what ad free shows has waiting for you including a brand new perk getting to join in on the live recordings of the shows with four levels to choose from see for yourself why ad free shows is the best value in wrestling today sign up now at adfreeshows.com that's right sign up today at adfreeshows.com let's um let's talk about mickey james for a minute here friend of the show i know you and i both think a lot of mickey and uh, she has been doing what was called the last rodeo over on impact wrestling uh -huh. this past weekend she put her career on the line it was career versus title with her and jordan grace and well, what do you know, Mickey James, she's still alive. Not only is her career alive, but she's now the impact women's champion. Saw a great shot of her celebrating in the ring with her son. Just a really cool, feel good moment. Uh, Mickey James, man, enjoying quite a second act here lately in impact wrestling. I don't yeah, think well, enough nice things about Mickey. Well, I think the world of Mickey personally, I think she's great. She, she's a hall of famer. She had a phenomenal career. And the fact that she's had children now and uh early child and picked right back up and she's just as good now as she was back then ten years ago. No she doubt about it. Great. Yeah, she's really good and she's very talented. And on top of that, she's a very, very nice person. Well said. Pull in for Mickey. Can't wait to see what she's doing next. But I know what you're doing next, Rick. You're gonna be promoting rickflairdrip.com. Yes. Already, go check it out. Every single weekend, Rick is on the road, coming to a town near you. I've seen some of the setups in stores, and man, they're amazing. In the meantime, though, they're gonna it's, come. Got, it's coming to Florida. How about that? It'll be here the first first week in February. Can't wait, man! It's gonna be yeah. Big. Go check it out, rickflairdrip.com. You can hook up the rolling papers, the rolling tray, the the drip grinder. You got a Ric Flair drip Zippo. You got stickers and t-shirts and trading cards, something for everybody right now over yep. at ricflairdrip.com. There we go. Hey, it makes, uh, makes watching football a little more fun. Makes watching wrestling a little more fun. Makes everything just a little more fun. Yeah. Just remember kid moderation <laughs> <laughs> and don't smoke with Mike. <laughs> well, that's, that's good advice there. So Rick, let's talk about another big story. That's gaining some steam. Lots of folks are talking about CM Punk. Uh, uh -huh. There's a lot of speculation that maybe CM Punk is going to be coming back to AEW. Maybe people are, are willing to talk about his return. He, he was certainly a big investment for AEW. And, uh, I think there's a lot of his fans who would love to see him back on TV, myself included, but I am curious, you know, how do you, 
after a dressing room has been fractured and, and, and someone has become a polarizing figure, you've been in a lot of dressing rooms. How, how can he be reintroduced and not upset the villagers, so to speak? I don't know. I, you know, the hardest challenge is for him to walk in the dressing room, but I, you know, I don't know enough about it. We're, even though we talked about it when it happened, I don't know enough about it to really understand what the animosity is or what the animosity was. Uh, apparently, if I'm saying this correctly, he initiated by saying something in a promo, right? I think it was uh, in a in a press conference afterwards. And in a press conference afterwards, okay. And there were some hurt feelings and some physicality and I just know that you've been in a lot of locker rooms and you've Mm -hmm. seen guys with quote unquote heat and you've seen, you know, real life become a thing where, Hey, we're not putting on for fans. We're really fighting. And and you've seen all of that. And you've seen how guys can sort of alienate themselves. Yeah. But I've seen it when it's real. I've seen it. I've seen it when it's a real fight. I guarantee that fight didn't last 15 seconds. Good to get broken up. Right. Yeah, do you really think that if he, I mean, just thinking back, you know, you like the history of the business, do you actually think that anybody would say anything to Harley Race or Jack Mulligan or Dick Slater if, if he said that and they walk in the restroom? Do you think the Young Bucks would jump in on Harley Race? Well, per, maybe not. I don't think anybody was jumping on Harley Race. Do you think about jumping on Jack Mulligan? No, probably not. Dick, Dick Slater? Yeah, well, fair point. I, I can go down the list of things. So it's never, it's not a fight. It's a jump on somebody knowing there's 20 people there. That, and that's not a fight. So you think it would be relatively easy for AEW to reintroduce CM Punk? Or how do they bring him back and, and, and make this all work? I think if Tony has a sit down with him and said, guys, this is what I want. This is what I imagine. This is what I imagine will be the most helpful to the company and I expect you guys to cooperate and be professionals at the highest level. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. I'm sure there's a lot of animosity in the business right now with different people. Yeah. We we just don't hear about it all. Right. It, it, they can't all be friends. You know that. Sure. I mean, friendships are just hard to go. I, I saw where, t- didn't Tully Blanchard say something smart about me this weekend? Um. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. What, what did he say again? The uh, I'm sure we can find the exact quote, but the gist was, uh, he thinks he's done with wrestling. He thinks that now AEW and WWE are in his rearview mirror 
And, uh, he says, you know, there's more to it than that, but we'll just leave well enough alone talking about his sort of AEW exit. And then he said, he thought at this point, you know, his wrestling career was over. Maybe he'll do some appearances here or there, but quote, I don't know how many more last matches Ric Flair can have. That's all. Oh, I thought, he, I thought he said, I embarrassed myself. I'm sorry. If he, if he didn't say that. Well, I think he was saying he didn't want to embarrass himself. Oh, okay. Well then I totally, yeah, I understand that totally. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, he was, uh, there you go. I didn't see it and I wasn't there. The show was on Sunday and I had to be at my day job. The one that pays all my bills and on the offers he's received to get back in the ring. Uh, probably, I would probably not comment on that because I probably don't have a lot of positive to say. I was asked to do a last match with Ricky Steamboat. I'm not going to embarrass myself and go out there and not be able to do what I used to do. Oh, see, that's how the headlines always turn around. I thought you had said something negative about me. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the implication that could be strong as negative is, oh, Flair's having too many retirement matches, but I didn't think that was a serious slight. Oh, okay. no, it, no, now that you read it like that, it's fine. That's why I'm glad we clarified it. Yeah. No, hey, I, 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 I tell you what, I wouldn't recommend it again either. And, and I, I don't know why they keep saying I'm begging for their match. What I have said to you repeatedly, I wish I could redo that match. Yes. I'm not begging for another match. I don't want to wrestle again. I have no desire. I wish I had that match to do over again is what I've said repeatedly, but these idiots turn it into <laughs> he's begging for another match. I mean, God, it, it, it's it, the translation of our comments. Sometimes are just, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, what's, no. what's happening is there's no context to it and, and they're not seeing you laughing and joking and. Yeah, no, I mean, I just wish I could redo that. And then what they leave out are the comments like what we discussed last week that it trended number one on da 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 da, right? And so when I got that Nielsen rating yesterday, someone someone sent it to me, of course, that I wouldn't know how to find it. I couldn't help but put it up there. So it's just there, a tweet that got them all stirred up. You wrote, Nielsen says it all. Can't run from the facts. Woo. Woo becoming Ric Flair, 1.134 million. WWE Raw, 1.075 million. AEW Dynamite, 876,000. And I saw a bunch of comments. Rick, you're going back to WWE. Why are you why are you making it difficult? But I wasn't. That was a rerun show. It just you got hey. <laughs> Do you think we do these things? Do you actually think that we do these work and put all this time into this stuff without wanting to know that we did well? Right, of course. Do I want, do I, now, if I got 200,000 viewers, would I be saying something? No. No, but I captured a bigger audience than the Raw reunion or the Raw Christmas show, which was current superstar. <laughs> you can't help but have fun with that. My goodness. And the beat eight and the beat eight AEW by 200,000 <laughs> on a live show. <laughs> you kind of give me a little something on the back. I did I something. just can't help but think I did something right along the way. <laughs> well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And listen, if you're not going to brag about you, who is? But well, that's nobody else's. That's for damn sure. I'm not even bragging. I just showed what the numbers said. Yeah, 
the numbers. I wanted to go. I wanted to go. Steal the man. (laughs) Why not? You're welcome. I I thought because that's just then it goes. Oh God! Now anytime I want to be the man again, you just have to live in this real world right now. We're just gonna be God (laughs) so polite and so correct and. Never offend or ruffle anybody's feathers. My God. Oh, my I love it. I, you know it. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's talk about something that your old pal Arn Anderson said recently that I bet you agree with, but I can't wait to get your take on. Who? who? Arn Anderson. Yeah. He says, I have a theory. If you take everything offensively that is done to you and sell it the way it should be, not more, not less, our business becomes easy to follow. And he says, quote, it's where guys don't sell at all. If I stick an elbow in your mouth and you take a textbook flat back bump, but you come up off the deck and never feel for those teeth that you think you're missing, you miss the boat. That's not selling. So I couldn't, I couldn't, that's a classic remark from Iron, who is a classic in, in himself. Because he's he's that humorous. That's that's a great that's a great line. I love it. But it's so true. Are there any pet peeves you see in wrestling these days that are just commonplace that you wish were a little different? Well, the biggest I, I don't see it with the women as much, but with the guys, if you take a big bump, right, and you and you are the recipient of the big bump, right? How are you back up on your feet faster than the guy that gave it to you? Yeah. I just can't understand it. For what? To take another big bump to get up faster than the guy that gave it to you again? <laughs> and all that is, <clears throat> when you when they spend all that time out there talking about how to make it look better and how to make, you know, how to, how to you know, give the best product possible it just have to take the time to think what george scott said to me in 1974 think shoot but work Mm. now think about that yeah you treat it like you're like you're trying to kill somebody but if you have the skills you can make it look like you are without without hurting anybody and that's what, that's how we learned. But we also had the opportunity to wrestle every day of the week, which these guys don't have that opportunity, and to wrestle so many different guys in so many different styles. At least I did. Traveling around the world. I mean, that, that's that's how I learned. But I also remember the fundamentals of what guys taught me, like Ray Stevens and Bachwinkle and Murak. I mean, you got to remember, I was around three or four of the best of all time right. names that we don't names that you and I are familiar with. A lot of, a lot of young people don't know, but you're getting trained by Ray Stevens and Don Morocco and Dick Murdoch. And you go from there to Wahoo McDaniels and there for to John Valentine, Jack Briscoe, Jerry. I mean, I mean, I had an opportunity to wrestle the funks. I mean, come on. And, and they don't, they just don't make them like that anymore. They just don't. WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle here to tell you about SayWithConrad.com. 
Conrad and his team are routinely helping podcast listeners become homeowners, get out of debt faster, and get cheaper monthly payments. And they can do it all without perfect credit or money out of pocket. Oh, it's true. It's time to put debt in an ankle lock once and for all. Hurry over to SaveWithConrad.com today to get started. Is there anybody of this younger crop of wrestlers, you know, would say, you know, 30 ish and below who you think do a phenomenal job selling. There's lots of cool offense that the fans online chatter about, but is there somebody who you think does the little things, the selling and all the facials and all that really, really well that you'd like to point out. That's just it. I can't think of one guy. I watch it all the time. I can't, I'll give you an example of what I thought, what I thought was just little bullshit. And I know it's your favorite guy. The Japanese guy, the Japanese young man that was chopping Danielson on his knees the other night. Takeshita. Come on. Yeah. Those chops couldn't, couldn't have broken egg. If you're going to chop somebody, goddamn it, hit him hard. It's not going to hurt you. I mean, did you. Did you watch that match? I did. I don't remember that spot exactly, but I did well, watch yeah, that. Yeah, Brian, Brian, Daniel was on his knees, and the guy was going, yeah. I mean, like, give me a break. It's embarrassing. In in, in Japan in the 80s, that, that Japanese kid would have got that shit slapped out of him. Just walking back into the locker room door. You, you I mean they, you, you just got to make it. If you're going to hit someone like that, and you're trying to get the crowd to go woo or get react, you got to hit them hard. I don't even know him. I'm not knocking him. I'm just telling you that it 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 just didn't look good. Mm. And if I'm sitting watching home, I'm going to my wife or my girlfriend, and going, that can't possibly hurt. And you know what? I'm right. If you like me sitting next to you in the bar and going bop. Yeah. Which I've done. <laughs> only I only I hit you harder than I hit him. Does it make sense? Yeah, listen, I uh, I mean oh. I mean if if you guys can drop each other on your heads and neck, which they do and not I'm not intentional, but I mean it, the, the stuff that Brian or Daniel Brian can do off the top rope. I mean, that's dangerous shit. Yeah. Dangerous shit. Hitting somebody in the chest. I've seen Jericho do it with another guy too, where they go back and forth. They don't sell it. Bap, 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 bap. Yet they take these huge, big bumps that have got to hurt, but they won't, they don't hit each other hard. Hit yourself hard. It's not going to make any difference. Put a little Neil Sporn on it and go get drunk. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Put a little Neil Sporn on it and go get drunk should be a t-shirt. Yeah, come on. We'll post it up at rickflareshop.com. If you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Go check out Rick Flair Shop. No, 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 but you but you were you watched you don't think I was hitting Steamboat Hard. Oh, I know you were, and Ronnie Garvin. Uh, and I, 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 name it. I mean, I I can't imagine. Ronnie Garvin used to beat the living shit out of me. Steamboat, thank God, didn't do that much shopping. He was boring, I guess. But I, I steamboat as hard as I possibly could. Yeah. That's what the people liked. 
Well, that's true. And Barry Windham, yeah. And it, what's changed? But now, now they, they'd rather take a suplex on a metal table than each other hard. I, I don't get it. It's uh, it's fun to think about the way wrestling has sort of evolved over the years, and I now feel I mean, like think when they jump off the top rope on these guys on each other tables, but can't chop each other, and these hockey fights where they get together going like this, <laughs> you've got to be embarrassed watching some of it, right? And it, and and some of the good workers get themselves caught. Guys that can really work get themselves caught in those situations because it's hurried in context. It's hurried. Okay. You got, you got 30 seconds to get this in. You know I mean, so they just forget all the fundamentals and just go out there and wail away. And it looks like you couldn't break an egg. But then you jump off a table and the people go crazy. I think you just hit hit on something that we've never really talked about before. Perhaps the reason selling and some of the other things are a challenge on modern, on the modern product is because everything is cut so short for time. Exactly. I, I, I totally believe you're right on that comment. Yeah. It, it's not that they can't, they forget. Yeah. Because there's a referee hollering. You got 30 seconds. Right. Not hollering. Just that's the way yeah. TV is. Sure. Especially live TV. I, uh, I had an opportunity to talk to Nick Patrick a few weeks ago and he said something I had never thought about before. Um, he was asked, Hey, do you think you could go referee a match today? And he goes, no, but I think I could put a match together. And he started to talk about, of course, he's running deep South wrestling, which I think a lot of people remember his dad eventually turned into the power plant way back when. Yep. Uh, so they know a thing or two about training wrestling. So check out deep South wrestling. Anyway, he said, Rick, and this, oh, and, 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 and Nick was a hell referee. Absolutely. He, uh, he said something I'd never heard explained before, but it made a lot of sense to me. He says these days, they don't call it in the ring as much. They do plan it ahead, which I, everybody listening to this knows this, but he said, I think a lot of that generation believes as long as they remembered everything they were supposed to do and executed it that they think they had a good match. Yes. The idea being it's less about what the crowd says and how the crowd responds. And it's more about, Hey, we were going to do 50 things in this match. Did we do them all? Did we get it right? Did we execute them? Okay. We must have had a good match. And I think that is a fundamental difference that I'd never really had explained before, but it made sense for me. Does it make sense for you? It absolutely does. But then the second worst thing they do is assuming that the 50 movies they got in were on, were on accurate on time. Then they go and look at social media. Mm. I can guarantee you everybody. And, and, and everybody it's because it, it, it becomes a popularity kind of, I, I swear I said it last week. There are so many guys making money in this business because they're good at social media people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. They're better, they're better at social media than they are in the ring. In a weird way. Hasn't that sort of always existed once upon a time, the guys who made the most money were maybe the best politicians and some of the better workers in the ring. Maybe they weren't big politicians and social media is kind of just a form of modern day wrestling politics. No, 
Well, social media back in my day was just one, one it was uh, primarily Dave Meltzer and it was Wade Keller. Yeah. That was social media. And yeah, you want, and yes, I'm a victim of saying it too. I wanted, uh, you didn't read it as much then, you, you know, it just, anybody says they didn't talk to Dave Meltzer back in my time frame is a liar. I mean, you know, it just happened. And then, of course, I met him for the first time at my match with a steamboat. But everybody wanted to be in his good graces. And then some were and some weren't. And that's why he has heat with some people and some people he doesn't. So, you know, I I, I think it's existed everywhere, but now it's, it's worse than ever because people, here's the deal, at least you knew Dave Meltzer's name. Yes. You knew Wade Keller's name. These people that have comments that are negative about you or me or our lifestyle or anything we do, they, they don't even put their real name up. Right? Yeah, I, I can't argue. I mean, that that is the thing of social media. It gives everyone a voice. Um, but you yeah, but, 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 but not, not, it doesn't, they don't, they don't have the nerve to, call, to be who they are. Right. Hey, my Can't, name is John, John Henley. No, yeah. but my name is Sky Lolo on his thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, that to me, if they would identify themselves so that you could, you could Google them, come back on them, be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, act, I'd actually have to learn how to Google. I love that that's where your brain goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, talk some shit about you. That's just- yeah, yeah, I mean, well, that's what they do with us. Yes, I love it. I mean, that's just that that's that's their pastime. Oh man, that is so good. I sit around and figure out what can I say shitty about this guy? He'll never know it's me. <laughs> and he'll poke his friend and say, Look what I said about Rick Flair. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest fucking show we've ever done. Yeah, no. Or yeah, look at his girlfriend and say, I just know Rick Flair. <laughs> Uh, uh, screw him. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's the guy's out of truth. You know it is. Ladies and gentlemen, it took a while, but we finally got the real Rick Flair on the podcast for you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, <laughs> you guys say about Rick Flair? Uh, uh, he molested the world. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, I got tears in my eyes. It's, um, it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> my name, my name is Skololo. I have little tiny balls. What I said about Rick Flair. Ah. Oh God. Hello, <laughs> man. Um. <laughs> Let's talk about Dave Meltzer. There's been a, a lot of discussion about Dave Meltzer this last week. Uh, I think you and I both consider Dave a friend, but uh, yes. I think someone hoaxed Dave and gave him some bad information about a promotion called Dragon Gate, and he printed it without substantiating it with another source, and then it came out that it was all just made up and not real. And so WrestlingInc.com ran an article written by David Bixenspan about it. And of course, Eric Bischoff got a hold of it and has just tried to beat Dave over the head with it. Now Dave is coming back and 
talking about some of Eric's personal choices and whatnot. And it's just getting ugly. Uh, but the reality is it's created a discussion online amongst wrestling fans. Should they trust the, the credibility in the word of Dave Meltzer or is he a rumor monger? And I think you and I both know Dave. So chat me up. Where do you stand on Dave? Is Dave a credible source for news and, and information in 2023? Well, God, I don't follow him like I used to. Right. Cause we're doing this. That makes sense. But I, I think he's the most credible guy that, that, that they've ever had in this business i i agree and i i mean i mean and for the longest period of time and also he puts his name on it right does that make sense yeah he's not he's not he's not traveling under some bullshit fucking name he puts his name on it whether it's good or bad whether we like it or don't like it i mean he he one time said about me i look older than uh uh than Jimmy Carter, when I was working at WCW, <laughs> and I have to agree with him, working under Eric at WCW was horrible. He said Ric Flair looks older than Jimmy Carter. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, he did, but you know, I I probably did. I was that stressed out. It was no fun. It was no fun being there. Right. I've, I've been with Hogan the last three days. We've been laughing. I said, so let me, you remember, <laughs> I go, I gotta have you on my podcast. Cause Eric somehow has forgotten that I took him down to meet you. You know, you know what he said to me? I didn't know who the fuck Eric Bishop was till you called me. You know, I go, okay. I gotta get you on the air. <laughs> <laughs> and, and go back to that. I'm not picking on Eric again. I, that, that's old news, but uh, why? You would think that Eric, when I told you that Bill Watts was calling Vince every day. Right. Saying we'd like to get Flair back. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you got? What are your plans? Right? Yep. You think, you think that Vince was talking to Eric Bischoff in 1992? No. No. Who was he talking to? Bill Watts. Yes. We knew very well. Yes. So who did I make my deal with? Not Eric. Absolutely not. Who t he was trying to tell me and you that he was the boss when I came back. He most definitely was not. It's like he has selective memory. Right. I didn't even know what the fuck he was. Except the nice kid that I'd met. Yeah. So that, that, that's just, I mean, I, I, well, I'll see. I hope, hope I see Vince Rundy. I'm going to say. I'm not even going to bring it. That'd be the last thing I'd say to him. But I can guarantee you, I was in the room when he was talking to Bill. All three of us in the room in Connecticut. He wow. wasn't talking to Eric. <laughs> so unless Eric was standing over Bill Watt's shoulder, telling him what to do, which I very highly suspect is not the case. I would agree with that. <laughs> Thank you. Not even knew Bill Watts. <laughs> Goddamn. So go ahead. I'm sorry. But anyway, to answer your question, to answer your question, I, I'd have to say for the most part, because he, I've seen people cuss him out right to his face and, I, and he, he, he takes it like a man and walks away. I've, I've seen it really bad because they just say, I don't want to be, I don't want to be near you. And he, he accepts it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Dave has made a lot of money in this business. No doubt. 
And uh, I would have to say that 90% or 99%, or if he does say something incorrect, it it's definitely is a mistake that he'll he'll own up to, I would think. You, you said earlier, back in your day, everybody talked to Dave Meltzer. Who were yeah. some folks that you knew were in regular communication with Dave back in the day? Oh, Jim Ross, I had him on speed dial. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, I think I would talk to, I would talk to Jim more. I would go to Jim's room. He'd say, let's call Meltzer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, uh, uh, Jim, you know, th- you know, Jim was the best at what he did. Mm-hmm. Right. But he also wanted to hear from somebody else. Besides the boys or me or my, not many, I'm sure he took what I said and I meant it. He was the best announcer there was. Right. I mean, I say it to this day, he, Gordon Soley and, uh, um, Jim Gordon Soley and Gene Oakland are the three best that I've ever worked with. The fourth best, believe it or not. And it's only because it had been in a long, is Tony Schiavone. Yeah, absolutely. Shivani, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even throwing them an inch apart. Their Shivani is really good, and and Tony, he just played that role so well. Yes. Yeah, Tony Shivani's a great announcer. He's he, he's, uh, he's the best announcer at AEW right now. I'm far and away, I think. Yeah, he's doing he, great. He, he's the best setup guy. I and Tony's really good. So let's talk a little bit more about Meltzer. You mentioned that, uh, Jim Ross was friendly with him. I think there's been a lot of reports over the years that Paul Heyman and Terry Taylor and a handful of other guys were, mm-hmm. uh, but one of the people that I always saw be criticized pretty heavily in the observer was dusty Rhodes. Do you know what dusty thought of Dave Meltzer and the observer? I don't remember dusty ever talking about Dave Meltzer. I don't know that we all talked about knowing Dave. I just think we all secretly sought his sought his affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the first guy you remember talking about the observer, Dave Meltzer? Like, how was he on your radar originally? I'm. He, he was sitting with Brad Mustard at the match I had with Steamboat in Chicago. So you Shad didn't Rumble. of him before eighty. I didn't know who he was. Hmm. Thought he was. I thought he was a little weightlifter or something. You know, he's built. You yeah. know, and I, and I, and I finally go. Um, Brad, who's your friend? He goes, it's Dave Meltzer. I went, oh, you're the, the writer guy. He said, yeah, I'm a big fan. That was it. Hmm. So, but I mean, he actually, you know, it, it to, to be, to, to, he works his ass off. I mean, in terms of, you know, make commitment to the product, because he studies UFC. Yes. He, he, he goes to the events. He goes to Japan. He does all, I mean. It's not like he's reporting off a computer. He he actually attends the facilities. Yes. He'll text me sometime and say, I'm at the UFC, the whole building is going, woo. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he, 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 so he puts the time into it. I'm not, I'm not justifying anything and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, trying to piss people off, but he's asking me a question about, I think he's legitimate. Um, I think he's made some mistakes. Um, Probably, but I mean, I'm, I'm, it's nothing I'm aware of, but right. I'm just telling you, even though I might've been one of his favorites or where maybe I am or whatever, he don't have a hard time telling me when I look like shit either. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, 
that that's about as that's about as honest as you can be, right? Yeah, no doubt. I'm his biggest fan. Or he's my biggest fan. But yeah, if I do something that looks like shit, he's going to tell you. <laughs> and I take it. You got to. I mean, it's like no matter how I look at it, and you can that can be criticized for forever. I I that match should have been so much better in Nashville. Oh, he could have written a fucking twenty-five page book about that match. <laughs> I don't, he maybe did. I'm not aware, but, but God, for all the time and effort we put into that, for me to, to get dehydrated, man. Well, let's make it very clear again. I do not want to wrestle again. I wish I could redo that match. Dumb asses. Well, I'll tell you what. You'd have to be a dumbass. Just, just print that. that. <laughs> There you go. And print all about Woo Wings. Yes. Virtual restaurant brand. More than 30 locations across 11 different states and more on the way. Check out Woo Wings on your Uber or Postmates app. If you live in Nashville or San Antonio or Miami, Jacksonville or Clearwater, Florida, all over Los Angeles and New York and in North Carolina, across Charlotte and Raleigh and Concord. Georgia's represented in Richmond Hill and Atlanta. Sweet Home Alabama has it in Tuscaloosa and Huntsville, plus Tulsa, Providence, and so many more. Woo Wings is a virtual brand, so it's delivery only, and the food is made by restaurant partners with an existing location who are looking to add more to their bottom line. For a complete list of current locations or to find out more about becoming one of Ric Flair's restaurant partners, visit RicFlairWings.com. And if you're in a a Woo Wing city, just order right now on Uber Eats or Postmates. Check it out. Woo wings. Woo wings. Woo. Hey, Rick, I want to ask you about, uh, the big news since we recorded last week, boy, a lot of news came out. First of all, Stephanie McMahon resigns. I think most everyone recalls that she, uh, took a leave of absence and a few days later was back as the CEO this past summer, but now a handful of months later, she's decided not to take a leave of absence, but to just become quote unquote, a fan. She's no longer a part of WWE. Are you shocked to see that news? Yes. And act, and actually disappointed. I like Stephanie a lot. I just put up a tweet about her yesterday. She she's one of the she is one of the ten best heels in the history of the business. Phenomenal heel. I, I got no problem saying that. I mean, I I thought it out, and I I, I shot that over to her, and she just with a smiley face on, but. She, she was, she's that damn good, man. She was, and I mean, obviously she was a phenomenal ambassador. I mean, I know that Ashley and all the girls that, um, you know, that, that, that have worked with her just think the world of her. So, I mean, you know, it's, um, I, I remember that night it was a last minute decision. We were in Atlanta when she introduced, uh, Ashley, Becky, and, uh, Sasha, do you remember that? Yep. That that that. But that, as opposed to the ring announcer, made all the difference in the world. Yeah, it was a big deal because she carries that kind of weight. And I think it. I think it's a loss, but at the same time, her kids are getting older. I understand. You know, she probably has. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's right there. That was a. I was there that night. That's huge. That was a big, big night for all three of those girls. And I mean, Stephanie was the perfect one to do it. I was there, so I know it was a last-minute decision. Um, 
But I mean, I think having her do it as opposed to someone else made it even bigger. And those three girls have revolutionized. They, they did revolutionize the business. It was just saw Sasha actually go out and uh, trademark the CEO since, uh, she can't be the boss. She's going to be the CEO outside of WWE. That's pretty mm-hmm. great right there. Well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Well, let's talk about the other news. You know, everybody wants to know, Hey, if, uh, if Stephanie's out, what's next? And there was a big rumor last week where people thought Saudi Arabia had purchased WWE and Vince had taken the company private. Eric Bischoff still firmly believes that Vince McMahon is going to try to take the company private, but other folks are saying, Hey, what if Amazon got it? What if ESPN got it? What if Disney got it? What if Netflix got well, all these different, you know, versions of what if, what would you expect to be the next step for Vince McMahon and WWE? I, uh, my only, my only expectation is that, um, cause I don't even pretend to know there's so many different things being said, but I think that he will hang on to that company until he decides that one day he just doesn't want to get on a plane Yeah, every Monday and every Friday and every other Sunday. But I think that's his life. I mean, I, I don't, I, I just think he probably got, you know, bored. I mean, when you do that your whole life, when you're the founder, when you buy the company from your father, it's yours. You've done everything possible. I mean, we talked about it in links. I mean, the stuff with Hulk and the run in the eighties have just changed the business. You know, he, he's the guy that made the decision to call wrestling sports entertainment, which I personally died the day he did that. I was NWA champion. I mean, what the hell? You just can't tell them. You can't tell them marks. It's, it's a work. <laughs> right. I've been cutting myself too long and wrestling too many hours to tell them it's not real. It's <laughs> 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 the truth. I about died. But now I get it, you know. Why pay all these tax dollars? <clears throat> these damn these damn uh, what do they call these state commissions are the biggest yep. rip off anyway. I, I go I used to go to Norfolk. <clears throat> Virginia had a athletic commission. And I'd say to the guy, oh, God, oh, man, what I got to pay today to take my blood pressure. <laughs> oh, wow. That's all they do. Yeah. And you got to pay for commission. You don't take a physical. You know, now when you go to the WWE, they send you to Pittsburgh, and you might as well be checked in for a month. They run, they run through everything with you, and that's how meticulous they are in the, in the care of their athletes. But in the old days, you know, Guys in South Carolina, they didn't. They didn't even have a doctor, just a commissioner. Right. <laughs> I used to say, "Don't get the fuck out of here." You see, you can't talk to me like that. I said, "I can't get the fuck out of here." Who are you? I'm not signing shit. I did. I used to make me so mad because they're taking, your, they're stealing your money, and not even, not even bringing a doctor to the matches. Yeah. You kidding me? I mean, at least they took your blood pressure in Virginia. <laughs> in Baltimore, the commissioner, no, the commissioner in Baltimore was great, right? They were real thorough. But he goes to me, the old guy. He goes, "If you bleed tonight, Flair," he said, "You're never going to wrestle here in Baltimore again." So it was that match where Luger whacked me open, right? And I really, really whacked myself, had me the backbreaker, 
and they stopped the match for too much blood. <laughs> he, he was waiting for me. Is there a carry me back in the dressing room? Because I really whacked myself, right? He goes, God damn you. Just, he just said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you never come into Maryland again. I was back on the next show. <laughs> Do you remember that time I whacked myself? Yeah, I was bleeding. I was really bleeding bad, and and Lex put me in the backbreaker. Yeah, and I mean the match was his, and they stopped the match. <laughs> Too much blood. <laughs> he goes, "You're never coming back to Maryland again, you motherfucker." I love it. I was back the next week. Two weeks later, we're sold out again. <laughs> <laughs> I said, God damn it, he hit me with a chair. You cut yourself. I saw you doing it. I'm going to take the blame and cut him. Oh, my God. <laughs> you mean like this? Yeah. <laughs> crazy life you've lived, man. Huh? I said, what a crazy life you've lived. This is oh, hell. Life. From there, I went to the safari club, and at 3 a.m., I sent a little Sabatinos for food to go. <laughs> Three in the morning, and try and try and, and try not to lose my watch along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Let's talk about two more things, and then we'll put a button on today's show. Uh, Hunter held a meeting this past Friday and this past Monday, saying, "Hey, it's business as usual. I'm still in charge of creative." He held a similar meeting this past Monday, where he said, "Hey, seriously, creative is mine." I guess that means there was a lot of uneasiness about what would this mean creatively? And a lot of wrestling fans are saying, I don't know if Vince is back, he's going to have a say creatively. You've been around that system for a long time. Do you think it really is hunters or is Vince still going to have a say? I honestly have no idea. Do I think Vince will have something to say? Yes. Yeah. Do I think that he will take it away from Hunter? I hope not. Me too. I hope not, but I always think he'll have something to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hunter does a great job, and, uh, you know, as I said, we've had our differences, but I think he does a great job. And we've, 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 we've repaired that. You know, I, I apologized, and we, we didn't, I just, I, you know, my problem is I, I guess the older we get, the more I, I just want everybody to be happy. Yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. That that never is going to happen in life. But you wouldn't want want to see anybody just be unhappy. I agree. And I want him and Stephanie to be happy. Um, like I said, there's no way that uh, the, the only thing that's hard for Hunter, it's going to be very hard for him to do because that job is so demanding. It's been the time with his daughters that he wants to. Because he loves those kids. I was at his 50th. Those kids love him. So, mm. you know, if he, they may share it. I have no idea. I just want, I, I don't think, I don't think it should take a, take it away from Hunter, but I do think he'll have, a, he'll have a voice. Whether it's from afar or, or on the property. Right. But I, but I do, I'll stand firm with this. I, I think he needs to be at the 33 union. Yeah. 30 year. He started it. Yeah. How is he not missing? You know what I mean? And we should we should celebrate him as much as we should to thirty years. We're talking about Vince. We wouldn't. Hey, we've all made a lot of money because of him. Yeah. 
I mean, a lot. And he's a guy that got everything. That, and I know it's another, I'm not taking another cheap shot, but we ain't, we ain't celebrating 30 years of Nitro. No, we're not. Not even WCW. <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? 30 years. Yeah. It really is when you think about it. Yeah. That was, I was on the first show and I get to go to the 30th. Well, before that happens, we're going to put a button on uh, the divisional round of the playoffs this coming weekend on Saturday. The Jags are going on the road after that big upset come from behind win to dominate the Chargers. Who would have thought that was going to happen? And now they're going to play Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Who you got, Rick? Patrick Mahomes. Man, I I tend to think I text I text Tony. Good luck, but I don't think I don't think they can do this. If Kansas they, City at home, man. But I'll tell you what, my hat's off to Doug Peterson. Yes. Who leaves a kid in after throwing four interceptions? Yeah, that's right. Yep, and he came back and made good on it. So I'm happy for Trevor Lawrence, man, because that, oh, that would have been a risk, a lot, a lot harder disappearance than Tom last night, who threw for 351 and two TDs and um, made a couple of bad throws, but. According to the world, Tom's the worst. He's still one of the top 10 quarterbacks. Of course. Absolutely. I would agree. And the chiefs are an eight and a half point favorite. You're going with the favorite. I'm actually going to go the other way. Uh, I'm going to pick the Jags just because I'm a delusional optimist. Yep. Uh, also that same night, we've got the giants taking on the Eagles. The G men are going to Philadelphia. Of course, the Eagles got a first round buy. What do you expect here? Rick G men. Yeah. Wow. Look at G-Man, Kelly G-Man are going to beat the Eagles. Well, I, uh, I'm going the other way. I'm going to pick the Eagles. So of course uh, you are. we're, okay. we're okay. Fun Kel- now. Kel- now you're Kelly's boy. No, no, no. Jalen hurts is the quarterback. Oh, oh Alabama, I forgot. Alabama guy. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. No. On Sunday. I, I, no, no, I'll be honest with you that if, if New York had one really good receiver, you'd have to go that Daniel Bryan can really play. And he ran. I mean, he played it. He played it. I don't. I don't know what his, what his rating was like. One twenty five in the game, something like that. It was ridiculous. The kid really. He does, and he doesn't have even a marquee name receiver. Right. But Barkley played great. You know who knows? They've exceeded all expectations. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals will take their show to Buffalo. I'll tell you this: if he's on the sidelines like he was in the first game. Eagles fall down. Oh, listen to you. This is sighted number 56 standing over there looking. They just see him and they get nervous. <laughs> I love it. They I'm, used to. As Donovan McNabb. Oh, I have no doubt. I can remember, so I'm, I'm, I'm Emmett Smith, right? Emmett's giving me a bunch of crap about the Cowboys beating the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, I suppose now you're going to tell me Michael Parsons and Lawrence Taylor. He said, no, nah, I ain't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals play the bills on sunday i think the bills are a favorite they're a favorite by five points over the Bengals. i got the bills you you think joe burrow i got the Bengals, man i got joe burrow i love it we are exact opposite all the way through yeah let's finish it up here cowboys at the 49ers on sunday i'm going with the cowboys i'm going with the 49ers this is going to be fun man we agree on a single game and we're going to get to see who's right 
that that Bosa kid, that Bosa playing for the Forty ers is playing at a different level, man. Wow. I uh, I don't know what I expect for the Super Bowl, but I if I had a pick and I got to pick, like not who do I think, but who do I want? I want the Cowboys and the Bills in the Super Bowl, and I want the Bills to avenge those embarrassing losses in the nineties. It would be a great game. If, if the Cowboys beat the 49ers, they'll win the Super Bowl. Wow. How about that? I believe that they will, they will have, they got the talent. Yeah. And, and they're finally playing up to what, what they have. If they beat the 49ers at 49ers, Jesus, how do you bet against the Cowboys? Be phenomenal. Because that, that Brock Purdy has played out of lights out, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming. 11 straight wins, I think, right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Crazy. Well, listen, that's why we watch, and we hope you guys will watch. Uh, be sure to check out Rick Flair. Uh, he'll be on USA. And, of course, uh, by then, we'll know who's in the playoffs, and we'll be back at you next week right here on To Be The Man with the Nature Woo! With the Nature Boy and the Sea Man. <laughs>